Blog Talk Radio. Forever, you are good. 
everyone. This is Lisa Haven, and I've got an absolutely critical report to share with you today, specifically in regards to the United Nations, and their takeover has ignited and inflamed, and what they have planned for America and our youth and even the world uh, is going to floor you. Now, this is, I I have to put a, a disclaimer here, this is one of the most important reports I have done since I have been here on YouTube for the past two years, at least that's how long I've been creating YouTube videos. But this is crucial, so please hang with me through this particular report. Now, what I'm going to delve into here is two things. The first one is education for global citizenship. You can see that here. We're going to delve through this in just a moment. But in this report, it details as well as UNESCO's UN Decade of Education for Sustainable Development report. There's two. In both of these, I'm going to prove to you how they want to – basically make Americans, make uh, those richer countries less educated because a more educated class means you're going to use more uh, sustainable development things. You're going to have more consumption. So they don't want rich people. They don't want educated people because less educated, poorer people means less consumption. And so this is the agenda. We know there's already an agenda that they want to tax us for carbon taxes. Well, there's an agenda where they want to make us poor. I'm going to prove it. All the while they claim they want to eradicate poverty, but at the same time, their true agenda comes forth and says, well, we really want a less middle class. And not only that, but I'm going to prove to you how they want to brainwash our youth, our children, and how they're doing that with Common Core and other curriculae, and how I'm going to prove to you, again, I know I said that already, but um, 
it's just crucial. But I'm going to show you in these reports how they want a social justice, socialized warrior for sustainable development. And they're going to push it in our schools under indoctrination. Now, they're not in the report, it details how instead of calling it indoctrination, they're going to call it a quote purpose, a purpose. But I think the best thing to do is don't take my word for it. Let's delve into these reports. And the first one is going to be Education for Global Citizenship. It was an action plan that was put together uh, in Korea on June 1st and well, May 30th and June 1st. Let's delve in. All right, so here is the report. There's the link there. You can go to outreach.un.org to receive the report. But here it is, an action plan. Now, let me say this before we begin. The United Nations knows for a fact that in order to push their 2030 agenda or Agenda 21, that they're going to have to capture the minds of our youth through education. That is the entire purpose of this. Now, this was organized for non-governmental organizations by the UN Department of Public Information, and it details what education should look like in particular countries. Now, it also details how we should have a planetary global regime of education uh, and, and, again, social justice warriors and sustainable-minded citizens. Now, here is the report. It states, first and foremost, education is a human right essential to well-being and dignity and is a key, key to achieving Agenda 2030. Education, sustainable development, marriage, one-on-one. -on -one. That is the goal. Then it goes on to say this. Further, an ethos of global citizenship, new world order, is required in order to fulfill this bold, people-centered, it ain't people-centered, it's globalist, elite, Illuminati-centered, universal, and planet-sensitive developed Framework. In other words, we need to brainwash people in the education system, our children, in order to accomplish Agenda 2030, and global citizenship needs to be pushed at the education level. Then it goes on, in order to achieve this agenda, a whole bunch of sunshine and lollipops, so to speak, it says, in addition to this, education must advance the cause of global citizenship. Education has to, you see. Promote integrated development of the whole person. That means you're going to change everything emotionally, ethically, intellectually, physically, socially, spiritually. Wow. Understanding of our roles, rights, and responsibilities for the common good. No more individuality. No more, you know, let's have our own personality. No, 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 no. It's for the common good, the hive mentality the common good and service to humanity in the advancements of a culture of peace, nonviolence, freedom, justice, and equality. Indicates a sense of care for the earth, reverence for interdependent kinship of, of all life, strengthens the social relationships among individuals, institutions, communities, states, humanity, and the planet. It goes on. Education for Global Citizenship, 
there's no such thing as a new world order. Remember, just, you know, remember you're called a terrorist if you believe in global citizenship. Anyway, is an essential strategy to address global challenges as well as promote gender equality, facilitate the eradication of poverty and hunger. It's not their goal. I'm going to prove it to you in a moment. It's just sunshine and lollipops, say add in. Build skills, eliminate corruption, and prevent violence, including violent extremists. Who are the extremists? Those who do not believe in global warming, those who uh, necessarily don't want to go with the agendas of the, of the world government, those who are Christians, those who are patriots, gun owners, and veterans. It promotes a truly sustainable biodiversity and preserving indigenous knowledge. Moving on, it goes on to quote the UNESCO information, which I'm going to get into that in a moment uh, because that is a doozy. But here, an education that teaches conflict resolution, a deep appreciation for diversity, ethnic reasoning, gender equality, human rights and responsibilities, interdependence, multilingual and multicultural competence, social justice, socialism, social justice, socialism, sustainable development and values. So in other words, let's create brainwashed kids to follow social development, and they, they are going to push brainwashing techniques, as, as you, you're going to see in a moment. And not only that, but social justice warriors at the education level. This is why it's important to pay attention to what your children are learning. Moving on. Um, again, here is the civil society-led coalition around the world to continue uh, education or development of education for global citizens. This is all full of uh, global citizen education, uh, being part of the UN, pushing the United Nations agenda, and not only in uh, one grade or another, but early childhood, primary, secondary, technical, vocational, and so on and so forth. They want it brainwashed in. You want to prove to someone that the New World Order is already here and global citizenship is the agenda? Send them this document and the next one. All right. Here is what the uh, member states and the United Nations, they're urging um, them to do. Let's just go through a few of these. Provide an education that will enable all people to actively contribute to the political and development process in complex, interlinked, and diverse societies. Uh, promote education for global citizenship, learning of, for civil engagement and literacy, uh, advocate, let me see, in furtherance of Agenda 2030, promote the right to access information and information and sharing, creation of knowledge contributes significantly to strengthening economic, social, and cultural development, both in uh, all countries internationally. Continue the important work of the United Nations. In other words, continue to push and promote their agenda. Now, you can read some of this uh, as well because I'm just skimming through it. But finally, promote experimental learning, interdisciplinary studies, online learning, and intercultural exchanges to prepare students and educators to become global citizens. And that means let's do everything in order to push that. All right, so let's move on to, to real quick, let me show you, there is a world curriculum. Fix the screen here, here we go. The world curriculum, this is on unesco.org. This is a, just a quick uh, outline of you know, how and um, the family and just the breakdown of it all. 
Uh, let me fix the right side here. But you can come back through this. I don't want to focus on it, but this is on the UNESCO website, obviously promoting a world core curriculum for everyone, United Nations. All right, moving on to document two. Now, this is where uh, the first document is birthed from this one. This is the original, but Education for Sustainable Development Toolkit. And let me show you the link here, unesco.org. Uh, you can pull this up. It's United Nations Education Scientific and Cultural Organization. So I'm going to go through just a few parts on here. This is, I believe, about 130 pages, but let's focus on just a few sections here. Let's start here first at page nine. And right here it says, an important distinction is the difference between education about sustainable development, just being educated about it, and there's a difference between education for sustainable development. One is indoctrination, the other is not. That's simply put. But they go on to say, the first is an awareness lesson or a discussion. The second is the use of education as a tool or brainwashing tool to achieve sustainability. In our opinion, the opinion of the UN, UNESCO, more than a theoretical discussion is needed at this critical jun juncture in time, meaning no more discussing it, no more talking about it. Let's do this the other way, right? All education, or it says, uh, no, 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 let's, let's do this another way. While some people argue that four indicates indoctrination, it does, it indicates indoctrination, well, they say we think four indicates a purpose. Very bold in your face, and this is just in the opening paragraph. It is a purpose. Instead of calling it indoctrination, let's break down and just call it a purpose. They are putting a new label on the indoctrination of those in our youth, dubbing it a purpose instead of indoctrination, all while packaging up and saying, oh, well, some people call this indoctrination, but we don't think it's that. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Let's call it what it is. Now, moving on down a little bit to page 11 here. They go on to detail that, um, let me go back. It says, principles of sustainable development uh, that I guess were um, brought up before, but this is the 18 principles. One of those principles that I want to show you is this one. The full participation of women is essential to achieve sustainable development. Now, why is it that it's essential for women to participate? Well, that's detailed as we go a little bit further down here, and I'm going to go backwards here, but I want to show you this on page 13 where it states, education benefits a woman in life-altering ways. An educated woman gains higher status as an enhanced sense of efficiency. She tends to marry later, have greater bargaining power, success in the marriage market. She also has greater bargaining power in the household after marriage. They tend to desire smaller families, that's the goal, and seek the health care necessary to do so. She has fewer children, fewer and healthier, healthier children, and it goes on and on about that, and, they, and then it concludes with they work towards local sustainability goals. Now, let me just say this. As a woman, I am all for women working or not working 
up to them. If they want to work, great. If their husband, uh, that's between their family, their husband. Um, and, and there are lots of women that I personally know that are stay-at-home moms. I was a stay-at-home, I'm still a stay-at-home mom. Um, I homeschool my children and I do this reporting on the side. But that should not, so I'm both. I'm, I'm on both sides of the fence. But here we go. We shouldn't say all women should go and have to be in the workforce and force it. And this is the kind of idea here. People should be allowed to have um, more, you know, any kind of values that they want to hold. If they want more Christian, more traditional values, let them hold those. If they want to go in the workforce, let them do that. But don't push one way over another and force us to do one thing over another by making housing and everything else so expensive that you need two families to work in order to survive. And that is the goal here. They want to break down the family, they want to break down tradition. And stay-at-home mom is a beautiful thing or a stay-at-home father or whoever. And they shouldn't criticize that and that's what's being done here. Let's educate women put them in the workforce so they're not worried about their children why shouldn't we be worried about our children well because they want to educate the children that's why they say woman is crucial role in the sustainable development agenda because they want to brainwash our children now either way going to work for a woman is fine if a woman wants to go to work great great but train your child uh, both mom and dad, and train your child to what's going on and what's happening. Don't let them wake up and say, be a social justice, a sustainable development warrior. Let them wake up and know the difference. Uh, and, and it's great whether not everybody can stay home and not everybody can, can go and, and work. So there's a line to be drawn, but don't force somebody one way or the other. Let them choose for themselves. That's the bottom line. Let the families choose. And whatever path you choose, don't allow your children to be brainwashed, the techniques that the UN is pushing here on this particular page. Now let's go back to probably one of the most shocking statements in this report, and that's found here on page 12. Let me just reference uh, my notes here. But it states, let me find the section. There it is. Generally, and I'm reading this section here, Generally, more highly educated people who have higher incomes consume more resources than poorly educated people who tend to have lower incomes. Okay, big statement there. So in other words, you make a lot of money, you consume more. You make less money, you consume less. So on the sustainable development agenda, who are they going to pick? Well, they want the lower person that makes less, lower educated, using less consumption, right? But all the while, they're allowed to use as much crap and consumption and wealth as they want. They're allowed. We're just not allowed, right? But it goes on. Let's just keep reading here. In this case, more education increases the threat. They're calling education a threat. To what? Sustainability. Educated people, higher educations, making more money is a threat to sustainability. That pisses me off. I'm sorry to use that term, but it upsets me and enrages me. Should outrage. That's outrage to say because you make good money, you consume more, therefore you're an enemy. So what are they going to do? Well, in order to brainwash our children, they're going to implement things like Common Core. This is the UN World Curriculum, so to speak. I showed you the World Curriculum a moment ago, the agenda. That's what the United Nations, and that's why they are pushing things like Common Core. Common Core will dumb down the population. That's a fact. That's what they're stating here. More education increases the threat to sustainability. 
That is the goal. Let's dumb down the populace. But then it further details down here on page 13, simply educating citizens to a higher level is not sufficient enough for creating sustainability societies. In other words, they're not having a good, um, they're not doing good enough at brainwashing the adults because a lot of us know better. So let's go after the children, simply educating them and not, uh, you know, indoctrinating them is not enough. We have to indoctrinate them. That is what it says in your face. We have to indoctrinate them in what? Social justice, uh, being poor, less education, less money. That is the agenda. And pushing the uh, sustainable agenda 2030 all the way. Moving on to page 16 here. Also came, uh, has some... Um, interesting details but it says they basically need to reorient education change it up change everything uh, it says the term reorienting education has become a powerful descriptor that helps administrators and educators at every level to understand the changes required for ESD ESD is moving up uh, the first or what is ESD? education is held to be central to sustainability, that's what that is. That's the idea of, about it. So education and sustainability together. Uh, so back to where I was, if I can find it, there we go. The term reorienting education has become a powerful descriptor that helps administrators and educators at every level to understand the changes required for the merger of education and sustainability. An appropriate reoriented basic education includes more principles, skills, perspectives, and values related to sustainability than are currently included in most education systems. In other words, they want to go more hardcore. Hence, it is not only a question of quantity of education, but also one of appropriateness and relevance, and may I add, brainwashing. ESD, the marriage of the two, encompasses a vision that integrates environment, economy, and society. Reorienting education also requires teaching and learning knowledge, skills, perspectives, and values that will guide and motivate people to basically what they want to do, a more democratic society, a more sustainable matter. There is an agenda here. Moving on to page 18. It goes on to kind of tell a little bit more about reorienting, changing education. That means a facelift on education, everything, okay? Simply adding more to the curriculum will not be enough, will not be feasible in most schools, they said. You can't just add to it, right? They already have a full curriculum, Common Core. Deciding what to leave out, they're leaving out patriotism, uh, constitution, uh, our founding fathers, they're changing who and what they were, uh, but those are things they're doing, but they're telling them to uh, leave out things that don't contribute to sustainability. Freedom is the enemy of what they're pushing with Agenda 2030. Uh, but they say, let's look more closely at the five components to address, and they uh, get into the five components here. The first one here is knowledge. Let's, you know, give them all the knowledge.
knowledge about the lies of global warming. Global warming is one big fat lie. It's a lie. Global warming, global cooling, climate change. They've had to change the name so many times because it doesn't fit the agenda. But that's what they're pushing. Let's tell everybody a big lie. When they breathe, <gasps> breathe it out, it's a bad thing. What you do in your cars, it's a bad thing. People, bad. Humans, bad. You're bad. We need to kill some of you. Then if you have the hive mentality, you could say, well, I'm going to die for the better of all. Like a whole bunch of brainwashed gurus. That's the agenda of the knowledge that they want to push. The second one here um, is skills. How to be a successfully uh, merging education with their agenda to brainwash them. And it shows you how to do that here. Let's work together instead of having individuality. I mean, there's, there's good work in teamwork, but there's also a sense of individualism that has to be pushed. Every one of us are individual. That is what sparked uh, an industrial revolution. That is what sparked a lot of the technology that we have today, um, people working and gathering things. And they get into perspective. That's another one related to global climate change lies uh, there, but how to look at it differently. Then they get into values. What they want to do here is literally change the value of the person. All of this is going to be accomplished in public school systems, uh, and this is what they want. And they really push social justice. It's just a socialism in disguise, a pretty little package there. So you can come back and read some of that if you like. Anyhow, wanted to bring you the latest on all of that. As you can see, it's crucial. Um, now, I only read through, you know, about page 25 of the document, so I highly encourage you to go and read more on that report. It further details how governments need to work with communities, need to work with, uh, uh, you know, businesses to develop this hive mentality of a community rearing of the children. It really pushes that idea, and it really pushes Agenda 21 through and through. Now, I've read Agenda 21. I have the report right here uh, in my files. I've read through it. There's an agenda pushing sort of a green piece, uh, carbon taxes, world government is the answer to saving the problems of humanity, global citizenship. The Bible tells us as a Christian, I am a Christian, but it does talk about a new world order, how an antichrist will rise and rule over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Uh, I do believe that is what we're witnessing with the new world order today. And this is huge. Please share this with, with everyone. Uh, you want the evidence proof? I'm going to link it below on my YouTube channel so you'll have the documents. You can read through it. Please read through them. Uh, they are worth it. And print them out so when they're taken off air, you still have hard copies and you can still prove them to people while you can. Uh, now, with that in mind, I just want to encourage you, please get prepared. Uh, without sponsors like foodforliberty.com backslash haven, I would not be able to do what I do here. It takes time. It takes research. It takes a lot of studying. It's not, uh, you know, something, you know, I just get on here and do on a whim. I study. It's, it's lots of work. And um, I'm thankful to have partners such as Food for Liberty, but I also believe in what they do. I believe in food storage. I believe in food preparation. Get prepared now before it all hits the fan and goes down. Uh, have food storage on hand. If you don't use them, use someone. Pack your own. Lots of great things you can do. Now, in addition, my other partner is uh, Life Change Tea. Ronnie McMullen there at GetTheTea.com has lots of great brand new products. He's got a brand new product. Uh, that I'm trying out right now. It's a vitamin C uh, 
uh, and I'll leave an image for you here, but it's a vitamin C uh, liquid and it's very awesome, very good. I take it, got a sour taste, but definitely got a kick. Great new uh, products to try out there um, in liquid forms as well. So check out some of the supplements they have on that channel and keep yourself healthy. Anyhow, don't forget to subscribe here to Lisa Haven and thanks again for tuning in. Uh, I really and truly appreciate all you truthers out there. This is Lisa Haven signing off. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness. You give hope and you restore every heart that is broken. Sing it to him. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. Give life, sing it out. Give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is All the earth
Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. What a great song. What a mighty Lord. What a, what a mighty Savior we serve, brothers and sisters. I'm having some technical difficulties, so I had to call on my phone. <clears throat> I hope you guys can hear me clearly. Oh, hallelujah. What a wonderful Savior we serve. Let's go before him in thanks and praise and worship and thanksgiving. We thank you, Yeshua, Mashiach, Jesus Christ, for your awesomeness and your wonderfulness. Thank you for proving yourself and showing your mighty works to us in these days, Yeshua, Mashiach, Jesus Christ. I thank you so much. Thank you for all that you've given us, and thank you for all that you've done for us, and thank you for all that you're going to do for us in the days to come as we are in those days, uh, days of Elijah, the day of the Lord, uh, the birth pains. The, I mean, there's so much going on, brothers and sisters. Um, even on the um, financial side, I know that's, for us here in America, that's a, one of the, I think that's one of the big, biggest um, places to watch is the financial sector because that's a sign of uh, basically uh, our strength here in America to be able to feed people and uh, take care of people and and uh, that's it's not looking good. It's as a matter of fact the latest. Uh, economic news that came out this past week was the uh, the yield curve. Um, apparently, there's some yield curve. I guess it's a bond yield curve where uh, once it flat once it becomes flatlined or flattened, like a plateaued yield curve, it's not a good sign. As a matter of fact, it happened back in 1929. Before the uh, big depression, it happened in the dot-com bubble back in 2000, 2001. In 2007 and 2008, it happened again where there was a flattened yield curve, bond yield curve. It happened right before the crash of 2007, 2008. Well, we're at the point now where we have a flattened yield curve. And the news that's coming out of the Treasury is not looking good. They're basically uh, lying out of their breath. And uh, nothing, you know, the whole market is just one big fairy tale, one big Ponzi scheme. And although the, the screws are coming loose and the cracks are more and more evident, as the days go by, they will continue to pump up the market and, and keep the people deceived. Uh, there's one market economist out there, uh, Gregory Manorino. Uh, he, he used to work for Bear Stearns, uh, commodities broker. And he says, and, and uh, a lot of the stuff he says is true and you can look it up. We, this, this uh, administration has been under 3% economic growth for the whole time that this guy has been in office. He hasn't done anything for economic growth in the United States. As a matter of fact, manufacturing and everything is 
is being out. Uh, uh, they're moving. They're moving out of the country, and there's really no manufacturing. the The work, the work, the employment numbers that came out are horrible. If you were looking at real numbers, you'd be looking at a 34 percent unemployment, about 95 million people unemployed. Um, but you can't see that because the EBT cards. And those EBT cards, you know, they could just go to the store and buy whatever they want. You don't see the lines like back in the 20s and 50s and 60s. You don't see the lines, people lining up to collect food or their food stamps or anything because now they have cards. So it's easier to conceal a thing, you see. It's easier, easy to conceal it. However, uh, they call this guy... Uh, the uh, the guy in the White House, they, they're calling him Hoover Obama. Hoover Obama. Why Hoover Obama? Because the only time in the history of the United States that's, that we've had a sub-3% economic growth, below 3% economic growth for all going on eight years of his presidency, he's been below a 3% economic growth. And that that right there has never happened. The last time it has, as a matter of fact, the last time it happened was 80 years ago when Hoover was president. So we are seeing basically a very grim situation here for the economic status. The money velocity is at an all-time low. The smart money is 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 exit stage left. They are fleeing out of the stock market and into commodities. Um, it is a very ugly situation for the for the economic market, for the United States market. And so with that, I got to say, you know, with some of the prophecies that have come out by David Wilkerson with the economic status, um, uh, Dimitri Duterman, Henry Groover, uh, I believe maybe even Gigi Avila might have touched on that. And, of course, Elvis Zapata um, and, uh, and many others. So we're looking at this thing and we're seeing the screws come off. But let me tell you something, brothers. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of the, of the, of the, of the, of the fear, in the, in the middle when the waves are, are thrashing and, 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 and the winds are blowing that is where our Messiah is standing there telling us, come up, come with me and walk on the waters of the deep. You see, brothers and sisters, we have a Messiah, we have a Savior that he just shines in times like this. And I believe this is the time for him to shine and to really show people who is the real deal Holyfield. <laughs> I said Holyfield because, you know, this, I guess Muhammad Ali died and he turned Muslim. And uh, I hope he gave his, his life to Jesus Christ because no Imam or no Allah is going to save him. Only the bloodshed of Yahushua, Mashiach, Ruach, Agodesh, Jesus Christ. So I hope he was saved. Um, let me share a little revelation I got. 
And uh, it's in Matthew 14, speaking of the waves and the, 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 the winds thrashing and fear that people can get. And also this is a revelation of just God proving the Messiah, how he was God in the, uh, God in the flesh. It's just really amazing here. Uh, Matthew 14, for all those that want to go to Matthew 14, um, immediate, let's go to uh, verse 25, Matthew 14, verse 25. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, and it says here, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, it is, if it is you, command me to come to you out on the water. Hold on a second. Let me, let me go here. Okay, uh, I guess it's, okay. 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out, come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him. Truly, you are the Son of God. Okay, but straight away Yahushua spoke. I'm reading in the, in the seat for hold on. But straight away Yahushua spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Kepha answered him and said, Adonai, if it be you, bid me to come out on the water. And he said, Come. And when Kepha was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Yahushua. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, Adonai. Okay. All right, so in, in verse 25 it says, And in the fourth watch... Of the night, so it was, it was dark. It was the fourth watch. Yahushua went unto them, walking on the sea. He was walking on the sea. Apparently, they were in the in the deep in the deep darkness out there. The water was deep. They were on a boat. The winds were thrashing. The waves were crashing. And when they and when the Talmudim, the disciples saw him walking on the sea. They were troubled, saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway, Yahushua spoke unto them, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. So, basically, Jesus Christ, Yahushua Mashiach, was walking 
He was above the waters of the deep. As the winds were blowing, as the waves were crashing and thrashing, uh, they look and they see Jesus Christ walking over the water. He was walking over the deep, dark water. Okay? Now, this is very significant. This is very profound. You know why? Because in Genesis 1, chapter 2, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The deep what? And the Ruach Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. And Elohim said, Let there be light. You see here? And then in four, and Elohim saw the light, that it was good, and Elohim divided the light from the darkness. So, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the, pa- the face of the deep, upon the face of the waters. So he moved in the beginning, Genesis 1, and the water was out form, and the Ruach Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. He moved upon the face of the waters. Back in Genesis 1, he moved upon the face of the waters. And we're seeing here in in Matthew 14 how Yeshua Mashiach moved above the face of the waters. He walked above the face of the waters, the deep darkness. Genesis 1, it was a deep darkness. It was a gross darkness to the point where he had to divide the light from the darkness. Brothers and sisters, Yahushua Mashiach walked over this darkness. He triumphed. He moved over them. While, they, while, while the darkness could not go any higher, while they were limited by the boundaries of the waters, by the boundaries of the sea, the sea, the sea creatures could not go above or break through the firmament. They could not go above or break through the firmament of the water. However, our Mashiach, our Elohim, Ruach Elohim, he moved above the face of the waters. And in Matthew 14, we're seeing how he moved above the face of the waters, the face of the darkness, the deep darkness, and he triumphed over them. He he was in full control. While the waves were thrashing, while the darkness was dark, he was just moseying along. He was just moving along the face of the waters. They couldn't affect him. The sea creatures couldn't come out and attack him. The waves couldn't crush him and crash him down into the water. No, he walked right through that. He walked above the waters. He walked above the deep darkness and was unaffected. Brothers and sisters, you see, our Messiah was there at the beginning. He was there at the at the very beginning. He moved over the waters. And in Matthew 14, he is displaying how he is how he was and how he is to come, brothers and sisters. There's nothing new under the sun. 
You know, you search the scriptures and you see time after time after time how how he how he proved himself, how he showed himself, how he proved how he defeated the darkness, how he moved above the darkness. The darkness is below us. We move above the darkness. It is up to us to put our eyes on Jesus. It is up to us to believe and receive and walk with him. It is up to us to have the faith to be able to come out of the boat and keep our eyes on him and walk over the darkness of this world, to walk above the face of the waters, the deep, dark waters, to keep our eyes fixed on him, believing having faith that no matter what, he will guide us through. No matter what you did yesterday, no matter what you did last week, no matter what you did a couple hours ago, no matter what you did, you keep your eyes on him, you repent, you ask for forgiveness, you ask Yahweh, Mechadah to sanctify you, to purify you, to sit next to you and just hold you in his arms. Uh, uh, just hold you in his arms as you feel like you're down, as you feel like you're sinking in the water and you reach out to him and you ask him to help you. He will help you, brothers and sisters. He will guide you through, brothers and sisters. He is here for you, brothers and sisters. He walked over the deep darkness and he says, come with me, believe in me. You know, this this belief thing is... It's a mighty thing. We we have to believe. We're living in a time where we're going to have to believe, brothers and sisters. We're going to have to believe the promises of our Savior because that's all we have. At the end of the day, all we have is that we believe in him. You know, I, I just, I just got to tell you, that's so important because it might look like someone is sick or it might look like the finances are horrible. It might look like the whole world is crashing down on you. But what it might look like the waves are crashing down on you. But really, all you got to do is keep your eyes fixed on him. All he wants you to do is go closer to him and grab his hand and walk with him. And he will guide you through the, through those dark times, through those trials and tribulations of this world. But we have to believe. Let's look at Luke. Let's look at Luke. This is another good story about belief, brothers and sisters. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 and verse... We'll go to verse 11. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not fear, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled 
with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Um, That's also in Malachi 4. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of Yahuwah, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Let's see what he says here. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of Elohim, and I'm sent to speak unto you and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, you shall be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because you believe not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. So Zechariah had a problem. He didn't believe he didn't believe what the angel of Adonai, Elohim, Yahuwah, he didn't believe <laughs> the angel. Brothers and sisters, if an angel comes up to you, okay, you know, we can always test them. Yes, the First uh, John 4, test the spirits uh, to see what fruit do they bear, to see what fruit are they from, uh, and it's always a good uh, um Thing to do. It's always good practice to test whatever spirit and to see how how they enjoy talking about the Messiah and how they love to talk about the Messiah. However, Gabriel comes to Zechariah. Zechariah didn't believe, and then Zechariah was made mute. And in some, depending on which version you're reading, he was made mute and dumb. Okay, so what was his problem? He did not believe, brothers and sisters, we have to believe. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Ruach HaGodesh. Now I'm reading from verse 67. And prophesied, saying, Blessed be Yahuwah Elohim of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of Yahushua for us in the house of his servant David. And he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which we which he swore to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. Verse 79, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. There's a lot of promises there, brothers and sisters. There's, I believe those promises there are for the Kodeshim, the set-apart ones, the sanctified ones, those that are, that are 
keeping their eyes on Mashiach, on Messiah, Jesus Christ. For those that are watching, for those that are eagerly, zealously awaiting his arrival. And it came to pass in those days, verse chapter 2, that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed. Everyone in his own city, the tax. Brother. Don't you just love that? They could just decide, oh, I'm just going to tax the people. I'm just going to tax them out the wazoo. They tax us when, when, when we get paid. They tax us when we drive on the expressway. Even though we already pay for those expressways through our taxes, well, we get we got to pay to even drive on those roads now. We get taxed every time we turn around. And as a matter of fact, the latest one, brothers and sisters, is the the school, the public school, the public school funding now might lose their funding. Why? And I got to tell you, this might be quite prophetic, and I'm not holding back tonight because uh, this is my last Saturday on the Lord's Hour. I'm, uh, I got invited to go be with the, the people of the ministry that I've been working with, the Appearance Ministries. Um, I'm, I, they gave me a show on, on their on their their agenda there, and uh, I'm going to be on Mixlr, the Witness Project. Um, and that's on at Saturday night at 10 p.m. But um, let's get back to here now. So they ta- the, 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 the tax, the latest thing here now is, uh, you know, and it's quite prophetic because this guy, uh, Bathhouse Barry, you know, there's a pastor in Harlem, New York. He's, I mean, this guy is, is no joke. Some of the stuff he says might be a li- might be a little you know uncouth uh might might be a little harsh, but this pastor out there is dealing with some real i mean real legal battles his battles in the courtrooms and I don't know if you guys uh, heard me in the past speak about the courtrooms of heaven, but this guy is actually dealing this guy is actually dealing with some major courtroom battles and um and they they want to get they want to get rid of his church they want to foreclose on his church because he's very outspoken against what's happening in New York and across the country you know uh the homosexuals the sodomites don't want his church there they and this guy passed uh pastor James D Manning he He's got to show it, and I'm telling you, he's really sometimes a little uncouth. I mean, he 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 says stuff that I probably wouldn't say. However, you know, he's dealing with real violence. I mean, they are violently coming against him, and you know, the our Father, our Savior, he deals with all of us differently. What might be a sin for me might not be a sin for you. I mean, it's just so. It, all, each and every one of us is so customized, personally customized by our Father that He, He, you know, He has a way for each and every one of us if if we just follow our destinies and do our will in His life. However, 
this pastor is going through so much. They're trying to foreclose on his property. And this is a pastor in Harlem. He's in the heart of Harlem. You know, if those that don't know what Harlem used to be, Harlem used to be a hardcore, um, hardcore gangs, hardcore drugs, drug dealers, murderers. Uh, they has, I believe they had Zulu Nation out there, which was a crazy gang. They have, uh, they had crazy drug, uh, crack dealers and crackheads, and you know they've come a long way over there in Harlem. However, they still deal with a lot of uh, poverty there, and, and and you know unemployment and stuff. And and this pastor, what he does is he houses homeless people. He actually houses homeless people. He has a school for the children from pre-K all the way to 12th grade, I believe. He's got a school where he's teaching the children. He's preaching to the children. He's showing them the way the way they ought to go. He's had AIDS patients come to his church and get healed from AIDS. He has uh, every Monday through Friday morning, he gives breakfast to all the children before they go to school. Anybody in Harlem, if you live in Harlem, in the morning time, Monday through Friday, you can go to Atla Church and get breakfast for your children before they go to school. I mean, you know, when you see what this man has done, what his uh, ministry has done there in, in the community is amazing. It's very amazing. And they're trying to come against him. They're trying to shut him down. Uh, de Blasio is trying to shut him down. And uh, they're trying to foreclose on him through through taxes. <laughs> Just like we read right here in, in, in uh, Luke chapter 2, how Caesar Augustus just decided, oh, I'm going to tax everybody. Well, this pastor James Manning is, is being brought up on foreclosure issues because of taxes, because of taxes. How And, and you know, uh, he, he's under the same tax uh, haven that, um, what's that guy's name in Texas? Uh, uh, Osteen. Uh, he's under the same uh, tax uh, bracket or the the same tax, not probably not bracket, but same tax laws as Osteen where, you know, they're tax exempt uh, from certain, paying certain things like water and light and stuff like that. They, some of them got tax exemptions. And just like Osteen's got tax exemptions, Pastor Manny has tax exemptions. But what's happening is, you know, in the law, I think it's Bank of New York Mellon, they're trying to come at him and foreclose on his property because they're claiming that he hasn't paid taxes since 1980, whatever. But basically, they're coming at him. They're trying to shut him down. And what they're saying is that 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 very special community is that they're gonna they're gonna tear down the church and and make it a bathhouse. They want to turn it into a bathhouse. And you know, Pastor Manning, he you know he's got the insider information, you know, on, on things happening in in Harlem and in New York. You know, they get they get all this insider information that. If unless you live there, you don't get this information. And he says that everybody knows 
that this guy is known as Bathhouse Barry. Uh, many people out there have called him Bathhouse Barry. Um, uh, Bathhouse Barry is a very known term in Harlem and in the inner circles of of those the, those that are in the know. Uh, so Bathhouse Barry is a very well known. Uh, he's very well known by that. Uh, Barack Obama, people know him as Bathhouse Barry because he used to visit a lot the um, the Greek bathhouses, the Turkish bathhouses a lot. He was in there a lot. And even even in the beginning of his first election back in 2008, 2009, everybody, was, everybody knew he was Bathhouse Barry, and they, there was jokes about him being Bathhouse Barry, Barry Satoro. So... How prophetic was that, that they were calling him Bathhouse Barry, and now we have this problem with the bathrooms. You see, years ago they were calling this man Bathhouse Barry, Bathhouse Barry. And look at us now in 2016, and one of the major problems that we're dealing with now in this here United States, the children, the little girls, the moms, the grandmoms, the mothers, now they're dealing with bathroom exploitation. Bathhouse Barry has brought bathroom exploitation. They're exploiting. They're 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 bringing men and pedophiles and 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 and, and whatever else because they don't identify, you know, with what was on their birth certificate. Now they can just run up in any bathroom. Bathhouse Barry has allowed them to run into any bathroom and to bring in bathroom legislation. The year 2016, we're dealing with bathroom legislation because people are confused about which bathroom to go into. And, and, and to go even further, and to go even further, he has threatened to take federal funding money away from the schools if they don't follow his agenda. You see... This federal funding money, it doesn't really go to the schools because our taxes pay for our local schools and stuff like that and whatever they raise money in the community. But this federal funding is for the food for the children. This is their lunch money. This is their breakfast money. You know, this man, Bathhouse Barry, he's so upset that people are not following his agenda that he's willing to take away the lunch money and breakfast money for children, for, for the children that are the poorest of the poorest, that go to school and they get their first meal from the school. They go, to, they go to school and they get their lunch from the school because they have no money at home. Why? Because the system, the, the Babylonian system, has managed to suck everything out of their lives, out of their families' lives, we, you can work two, three jobs and still not make enough for ends meet because the inflated prices in the food and, and every, every time you turn around is another tax. You know, you drive on a road and you're being taxed, you know. And now they want to raise more taxes. Well, they want to take away the funding for the children to eat food. It's more important for them to put men in women's bathrooms. It's more important for them 
to get bathroom legislation for bathhouse Barry than to feed our own children, brothers and sisters. Their priorities, their priorities are more on bathroom, bathhouse Barry's bathroom legislation than to feed our children in America. Is that the most disheartening, saddening thing we've we've heard in a while? You know, I when I when I heard when I heard the the extent of this thing here, it just blew me away. It's more important for these people to to pass bathhouse berries, bathroom legislation to expose and exploit the little girls and the women and the moms and the grandmoms is more important to exploit them and to allow men to go run up in there than it is to feed the poor, hungry children in America when it comes to feeding them, feed, getting fed at the school, breakfast, and lunch. The most poorest children, he's taking away their lunch money unless they allow boys and men to go into the girls' bathrooms. That's what we're. That's where we're at here. Bathhouse berries, bathroom legislation is more important than feeding the children. How unbelievable! And they want to change laws, and they want to change courtroom laws like never before, brothers and sisters. That's why it's important that we understand how to operate in the courts of heaven. Because when we when we understand and we learn how to operate how to operate in the courts of heaven, we can go to a higher court. We can go to the highest court ever, and we could we can present our claim. We can present the the the, the court cases, and we can go to him and we can bind up the legal ties. We can bind up the accuser. You see the level of deception, the level of 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 poisoning, that they're poisoning us through the air, through the chemtrails, through the food, through the water. You know, people can't think because of all the fluoride in the water and and the toxins and the chemtrails. People can't think clearly. That's why when, when you wonder why people can't understand simple concepts, simple con- simple, simple accounting practices, simple concepts of, of right and wrong, they cannot, they, they're clouded because of all the toxins in their bodies, brothers and sisters. So this is how we have to present the cases in the courtroom of heaven. How unfair, how, how we have been exposed, how we have been poisoned. That's how we go into the courtrooms of heaven, brothers and sisters. And like I said it before, if you want more practice, if you want to learn more, on how to operate in the courtrooms of heaven, uh, check out uh, Robert Henderson's YouTube uh, teachings on operating in the courtrooms of heaven. There's a uh, CIA pilot. There was a CIA pilot. He used to uh, fly jets for the CIA undercover. Um, uh, He said he used to fly a bunch of cocaine uh, for the government into the United States. And he, he's, you know, he exposes a lot of stuff because he's had enough of it too. 
Well, he says here, America, his name is Robert Tosh Plumlee. He was a, a CIA pilot, undercover pilot. He flew into uh, unknown places around the world, and he flew in and out, and he flew to Amer- back to America. And this guy's saying America is in the grasp of, interna- of an international crime syndicate, which within the past few decades has infiltrated every facet of our political establishment, our government agencies, and the White House. It has been a slow, steady, secret coup. Apathy of the American people has allowed this to happen. The crime syndicate's next mission is to control our court systems, thereby controlling our legal system, which leads to controlling the people and their individual freedom. Modifying and suspension of the Constitution is the first phase of their operation, which is in effect today. Nazi Germany, that demon-filled Hitler, used these techniques in the 30s and 40s on the German people. Brothers and sisters, there's nothing new under the sun. History repeats itself. What's happening now, we've seen it in Hitler, Germany, through that demon-filled Nazi Hitler. They're trying to get into our courthouses and change the laws. They're trying to, well, I mean, they've changed a lot already. I mean, they've, they've. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of this stuff is, is, is irreversible. However, we can go to the courtrooms of heaven, and we can get, we can plea our case, and we can get decrees. And there's still hope that things, I mean, the wrath is coming. The judgment's coming. The wrath is coming. This land has been defiled. However, to decrease the blow of his wrath, to to lessen the blow, to maybe give us a little more time, to maybe allow us to, to minister more, to bring in the harvest. But it's coming. You can see it coming. The, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, the uh, economic situation is very grim. Is not looking good, so we know it's coming. You know the the first place to affect people is in the pocketbook, and there's many that are going to be affected. However, there's nothing new under the sun, brothers and sisters. There's nothing new. You see, when the wrath came, when the judgment came, the Noah's Ark got shut up, got shut. They they the door got shut, and 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 his people were able to escape. Moses was able to escape with the with the Israelites out of the Pharaoh's hands. In Second Chronicles twenty twenty, Jehoshaphat was able to escape out of the hands of the Amalekites, the Ammonites, the Canaanites. There's nothing new under the sun, brothers and sisters. And and we have to understand that the enemy eventually consumes itself. And in Second Chronicles twenty twenty, the the enemy there, I think it was the Ammonites. The Ammonites, the Moabites, the Canaanites, who knows how many other ites were there, but when they started praising and worshiping, they fell on their own sword. They they pretty much canceled out each other. They canceled out each other. And what's happening, what's gonna happen in the future is the enemy's gonna cancel out their own their own people. They're gonna cancel each other out. They're making they're trying to make a snare for us. They're trying to make a trap for us. However, the trap, the snare, is, them, is is going to be set on themselves, brothers and sisters, because our King, our Savior, Yahushua Mashiach, 
is the ultimate snare. Not many people know this, but Yahushua Mashiach is the ultimate snare. These people are going to be snared so good, so tight, they're not going to know what hit them. So that's why we must remain faithful. We must remain obedient. We must remain in his will and his plan for our lives and our destiny because when when this thing comes, when the hammer drops and the hammer's going to drop, okay, the enemy, they're going to cancel out each other. The snare is going to be on them. Let's look at uh, Luke 21. <laughs> Luke 21:35 For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Brothers and sisters, it will come like a snare upon them. Okay? And who is the snare? The snare is Yeshua Mashiach. You can look up that word snare in Luke 21:36. Watch therefore and pray always. I mean, Luke twenty one thirty five, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth, just like it was a snare on the people in Noah's time. In Noah's time, it was a snare. The rain was a snare upon them. Okay, uh, the wall of Jericho, the prayer, the praising and the worshiping was a snare, and it brought down the walls of Jericho. Second Chronicles 2020, they sang in praise, and it, and it came on them like a snare, and they took each other out. And we're going to see this snare happen again. Luke 21, 35, for it will come as a snare on all who dwell on the face of those, on the face of all the earth. So then... Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy, okay, that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So we have to be in alignment. We have to believe. Don't go into unbelief. Don't go into disbelief at this time. Um. The hammer is definitely about to drop the economic situation. There's many uh, economic people coming out of the woodwork trying to warn the people. So uh, we're definitely going to see another 2007, 2008. However, for the Kodeshim, for us, this is Jubilee year. This is the year of double portion. This is the year of restoration. This is the year of possibly transfiguration, brothers and sisters. So just keep your face on him. Don't worry about the deep darkness. Don't worry about the gross darkness all around you. Don't worry about the waves crashing. Don't worry about the tax collectors. Don't worry about anything that the enemy might try to throw your way because all it is, it is a... Uh, deception from the enemy. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to keep your eyes off of our Savior, Yahushua Mashiach, Ruach HaGodesh. So don't fall for it. Don't fall for the bait. Keep your eyes on him, and he will guide you through the storms. 
Believe in him. Believe that you receive. Don't be like Zechariah, where you, you did not be, where he did not believe the angel of Yahuwah. He didn't believe the angel Gabriel, and he was made mute and dumb, brothers and sisters. We, there's a time where we must believe, and whatever messages he's giving you, believe that you're receiving these messages. Don't doubt. Don't doubt that you're not good enough for these things that you're receiving, for the messages that you're receiving, uh, telling you about your destiny, telling you that, you know, there's greater things ahead. You're going to be advanced. You're going to be empowered. Don't doubt those things. For a long time in my life, I used to doubt. And now I'm at a point where I stop doubting, brothers and sisters. Now we just must believe our hands to the plow, keep pushing the plow, and keep moving it forward because you're going to see how he's going to pull you up out of the water and you're going to be walking with our Savior, Yeshua Mashiach. The Ruach HaGodesh is going to be walking with you. Our our Council of Defense will be walking with you. Our great defender, Yeshua Mashiach, will defend you. He will intercede for you. In the courts of heaven Okay now learn how to work In the courts of heaven And you'll see how you're going to win cases How you're going to win battles And once you win your case in the courtroom Then you can go ahead and do your Spiritual battle and your spiritual warfare And you've already won Because you already won the case Hallelujah Okay I'm going to cut it short here tonight Brothers and sisters Um, I have to prepare for uh, Another show um, it's called. I called it the Paracletos. It's called the Paracletos. Um, look up that word, uh, Paracletos. It's a. It's an awesome word. I got it from John chapter fourteen and fifteen. I got it from there from the Helper. And um, yeah, I'm gonna be on MixLR, the Witness Project. Um, so whoever wants to come out and listen to us there, I'll be there from now on. Why? Because it's some people from the ministry that I that I work with. Um, uh, I've, I've dedicated a lot of time to that, a lot of time to the people there, and uh, we've established, you know, uh, some good relationships, and um, uh, I believe this is where the Lord is leading me. And... Uh, um, so I won't be here. I'll be I, I'll be guest speaking sometimes um, if my schedule allows me to. I already spoke with Brother Elvi on this, and uh, we stay in contact. So um, I'll probably be a guest here and there, but uh, you can find me at the Paracletos MixLR Witness Project. Um, thank you for. Being with me this time has been has been definitely a pleasure. I've learned a lot coming on the Lord's hour. Um, I definitely know that it was a divine appointment, a divine appointment that what Yahushua did with us here, with uh, me coming on here and um, helping out for the time I did. And I'm very thankful for, for that, and I'm very thankful for Elvi, and I love Brother Elvi. He's a great man of Yahuwah, uh, a great warrior in the Lord, great general up there. And um, 
and 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 I wish you all the best, brothers and sisters. I love you, and uh, may the Lord keep you, protect you, and guide you. And and you know what? Also, let me just say this: when we do go to the wedding supper, when we do, when we do transfigure, when we do ascend up, when we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, uh, let's meet up at the uh, the tree of life. I say we all meet up at the tree of life. If it hasn't been mentioned before, let's meet up at the tree of life. And we can share our stories and share our time, brothers and sisters. Never forget, I will be there at the Tree of Life. And uh, that I plan to make that one of my meeting points. And uh, we can have a great reunion. I love you. And I thank you for, for joining me the times that you have. And I wish you all the best, brothers and sisters. May he guide you. May the Ruach HaKodesh. Walk with you. May Yahuwah Sabaot release his allegiance, allegiance of the Zadik Malakim, the Zadik Ruachim, Nefeshim, the Abba, Aronai, Yahuwah Elohim. May they be with you forevermore until thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love you, brothers and sisters. Good night. Log Talk Radio.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mighty Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty Jesus, mighty Lord. I hope everyone can hear me fine tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. I don't know if it's the weather. Thank you, Lord. But it just uh, it just had a uh, noise in the line. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. Thank you, Lord Javon, Brother Body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege to be here sharing the, the word of the Lord tonight. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord God Almighty is so awesome. He is so good. He is so great. We serve such a wonderful God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. I want to go ahead and go into the word because I will also like to share a revelation I received this morning from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. God the Father wanted to show me certain things that are going to happen very soon. Thank you, Lord. When I say very soon, only God knows the day or the hour, but it was God the Father that was showing me uh, a few things that I'm going to share tonight. Thank you, Lord. He wanted me to share them tonight. So in obedience, I will do them. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. It's revelation. Have encouraged me so much, brothers and sisters. The revelation of the Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I know I will encourage you too to continue to seek the Lord and prepare, brothers and sisters, for the coming of Jesus to take the bride of Christ home soon. Because he's soon going to take us home, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Don't miss the rapture. Miss any appointment with anybody else, but don't miss the rapture. Jesus is coming for his bride. Thank you, Lord. In Hebrew uh, 3, 7 or 16 is where I want to begin. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. It says in the word of God in Hebrew 3, 3 7 or 16, chapter 3, verse 7 to 16. Therefore, as the Holy Ghost said, today if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart has been the provocation. Thank you, Lord. That must have been a mighty day that God remembered. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Harden now your heart has been the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Thank you, Jesus. The day of temptation. Temptation is the title of this message. Hallelujah. Verse 9. When your father tempted me, Although the word of God said God should not be tempted. When your father uh, tempted me, proved me, and saw my word 40 years. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, I would grieve with that generation and said they do always ever in their heart. And they have not known my ways. They have not known my ways. It's the Holy Spirit here speaking, brothers and sisters, in that word here. So I swore in my wrath, they should not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but assert one another daily. This is a daily thing. Some people think it's a, it's a weekly thing, Sunday only. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says daily. Verse 13, 
but it served one another daily. Why it is still called today, let any of you be hardened through the deceitness of sin. Sin is, is the open door that deceives many people. Verse 13. For we are made partakers of Christ. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the confidence we have in the beginning, stiff us unto the end. Where it is said, today, if ye will hear his voice, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation. For some, when they have heard, they provoke. However, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Not all, not all, not all, not all. Lord, Lord Jesus, please help me to uh, share your word, your revelation, Lord. Please, Lord, that I may boldly share your word, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord. Lord Jesus, please, Lord, remember that we're still in this body, Lord, and we struggle, Lord, daily, Lord Jesus. Please forgive my sin, my trespasses, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for grieving your Holy Spirit, Lord, one way or another, Lord, by thinking, by acting, by speaking, by behaving, Lord. I repent, Lord. Anything in my life that has grieved the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive me from the time I was conceived. In my mother's womb to this very second, anything in my life that I grieved the Holy Spirit, Lord, including in my generational line to my mother's side, my father's side, for first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, sixth, seventh generation, back to in me, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin and my disobedience, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord, anything that I grieve, your Holy Spirit, Lord, in my life, I'm so sorry, my generational line. I am so sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. Please forgive me, Lord. And help my brothers and sisters, Lord, Lord, to hold on to their salvation, Lord. Is there anything in their life grieving your Holy Spirit, Lord? I ask you that tonight, Lord, you will help them to understand, Lord, that we cannot grieve the Holy Spirit if we expect to go home in the rapture, Lord. And you want us, Lord. You want us to come home, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. That we will not grieve your Holy Spirit with our sinful way, our sinful life. Lord, our evil behavior, our evil speaking, Lord, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm so sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please use me tonight. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, I know you are Jesus. Holy Spirit, please, Holy Spirit, use me tonight. Holy Spirit, please anoint me. Let your anointing flow through me. Holy Spirit, please touch every heart, every life. Break the power of any spirit that is not of you, Lord, tonight and block them. In Jesus' name, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, Holy Spirit of God, use me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me the word, the anointing. Give me the power, Holy Spirit, use me tonight. Anoint me for this message in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, guide me. Lead me, give me the wisdom and understanding. Give me the right word to speak tonight. In Jesus' name, that I may not offend anyone with any word, Lord Jesus, that the word will not be, may not be mine, but it's Maybe all your word come into my mouth in Jesus' name. I pray, Holy Spirit, please help me, use me for your glory, for your, thank you, Jesus, for your glory, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. For the Lord is the Spirit. I know that the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, is Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. 
The Lord is so awesome. I, I've been speaking with the Lord this past week. And the Lord, uh, I struggle with certain things in my life, and, and, and the Lord spoke to me and told me why specifically. Praise you, Lord, and they helped me so much. This is why we need to be in communion with God, in union, in conversation. Hallelujah. Because he'll reveal to you what you don't know. Thank you, Lord, what you don't know. There might be things you, you, you may think you know, but it's only when the Lord teaches you that you begin to understand how, how much wisdom God is. God is wisdom. He's all wisdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't, I, I don't presume to know anything. Thank you, Lord. By Christ crucified, that's it. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory go to him and not to anybody else. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. What a great program we have, we have this afternoon. So anointed the power of God just moving in such a special way. We, we pray that it will also move tonight. The Lord will move tonight. The Holy Spirit will move tonight. He spoke with people, to people this afternoon, very powerful. Thank you, Lord. The anointing was so real. The presence was so real. And I pray, Lord, please let your presence be real tonight, Lord. Lord, please, you speak to your people according to their need, Lord. My need, speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, mighty Lord, mighty God. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It, it was so awesome, so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The provocation, the provocation. When Israel provoked God to anger, hallelujah, any act of pride in our behalf, hallelujah, any act of pride and unbelief will always provoke God to anger. We see the example in the Jewish people in the wilderness. When God called them to believe, they acted, hallelujah, in the flesh. You know that the Lord has allowed me to see, shalom, mama. The Lord has allowed me to see something in his word, and it's been so good, brothers and sisters. I was excited, before I go on into the revelation, I was excited to come on tonight and share what the Lord had revealed to me a few days ago, because I was having a conversation with the Lord, and Jesus revealed me something so awesome. Thank you, Lord. And I just, as I just read Hebrew, thank you, Lord, how God was so unhappy with this generation of the, of the Israelites for how they behave. Exodus uh, 17, 2 says, Therefore the people shouted Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why shall ye me? Why do you tempt the Lord? Why, Moses said, do you tempt the Lord? They were tempting God. And it is written that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Who also tempted Jesus? Who also tempted the Lord? Who also tempted God? Satan did that, brothers and sisters. And what the Lord was revealing to me this afternoon is that the same behavior that Satan had when he tempted Jesus after 40 days and 49 fasting was a diabolical temptation, was the same temptation the Jewish people had in the wilderness. It was, a, it was an evil temptation. That should not send the Lord thy God. Thank you, Jesus. Exodus 77. And he called the name of the place. Moses called the name of the place. That is temptation. Massa. 
Matha, that is temptation, or Meribeth, that is shelving, because the shelving of the children of Israel, the murmuring, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? You see, when people don't believe God's word that come from God, praise the Lord, when they fail to believe, they do exactly what the children of Israel did in the wilderness, brothers and sisters. They tempt the Lord, especially when a message is from the Lord. This morning, early in the morning, the Lord took me out of my body. And I'm not going to tell you I saw God. I saw an image, hallelujah, or a revelation of the Father, thank you, Lord, who is talking to me, brothers and sisters, who is revealing to me this morning of the judgment that is about to come upon the earth, especially in the United States, how people's lives are going to change because it is his plan that everyone's life changes including the bride, brothers and sisters. The bride is not going to stay for the tribulation. But there is coming a time when judgment began, everyone's life is going to change. We're not here again for the wrath, but the beginning of suffering and pain, the beginning of pain. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. It's going to begin soon, and we are still here. Jesus has spoken with me about this back in Massachusetts in the revelation of the Lord. That the reason this judgment, the bride of Christ needs to see the beginning of the judgment, is because it's what God is going to use to awaken his bride, to awaken those that are sleeping. Although there are people listening to God's message every day, it don't mean there are people repenting as they should every day. Some people have not taken God's word serious, have not taken their relationship with God serious, have not taken their salvation serious. Brothers and sisters, praise your Lord. And God can see that from his throne. Nothing can hide from him. His eye sees everything. He knows everything. He can hear everything. He knows everyone, too. Brothers and sisters. And we can say whatever we want to say, but God is the one that knows everyone. Brothers and sisters, nothing can hide from him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. That's why we need to hear from him, because he's the one that knows everyone. Deuteronomy 16, you should not tend the Lord thy God as you tend him in my sight, said Moses. Thank you, Jesus. Very clear, brothers and sisters, when Moses reminded God's people, the Israelites, that they should not thank the Lord thy God. They said, I said, written, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 95, 8 through 11. Heart in not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your father tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty long years. For these long years, I was grieved with this generation. And I say, it is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. They have not known my ways. And Jesus was speaking to me this past few days, and I was meditating on this word. 
Somehow he made me to meditate on this word. And I was meditating when God the Father said they have not known my way. Jesus spoke to me and said, I am the way, the true and the life. No one comes to the Father, said through me. I said, Lord, do you mean to say that what Father God wanted them to know was you? Yes, he said. It is me he wanted them to know, Messiah. Messiah. Thank you, Lord. They wanted to know that, that God was their salvation, Jesus, the Lord, Mashiach. Thank you, Lord. Joshua. He says, I am the Messiah. He, he is the one that Father God wants everyone to know because he is the truth. He is the life and he is the way. When God said they have not known my way, they have not known my son. Because Moses, when Moses said that God will go with them, he says, my spirit will go with thee. I will send my angel before thee. Talking about his son, Jesus. God sent the angel of the Lord with Moses when he took them out of the out of Egypt, going through all the enemy, land, enemy lands, brothers and sisters. It was Jesus Christ among them, fighting for them, brothers and sisters. He, brothers and sisters, Jesus was not a stranger among the Jewish people. He was well known among them, brothers and sisters. He was well known among them. So how is it that Jesus was among them and they took him for granted? Because if you are not hot, if you're not in the fire, you'll either look warm or cold. And the Lord will prefer that you'll be cold than look warm, brothers and sisters. And when you look warm, you're doubting, you're not believing God, you're questioning, but you're not questioning by faith, you're questioning with unbelief. That's how people question. And when you question with unbelief, although the truth is right before you, you're not going to believe. That's why God will want you to repent. And see from where you have fallen. Because a lot of people are not seeing from where they have fallen. They have not seen from where they have fallen. But he said, repent and see from when thou have fallen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. In Judges chapter 2, verse 1, says the word of God. So you see that Jesus was among them. And the angel of the Lord came out from Gagal to Baal and said, I made you go out of Egypt. I have brought you to the land which I sold to your father, and I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And you should make no link with, no link with the inhabitant of this land. You should throw down the altar. You have not obeyed my voice. Why has ye done this? That's a Jesus Christ. And speaking to them as the angel of the Lord, brothers and sisters, right in front of everyone there, the whole multitude, was there in Judges chapter 2, verse 2. Therefore I also said, I will not drive them out of from before you, but they should be a thorn on your side, and that God should be a snare to you. And it came to pass that when the angel of the Lord spoke these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted out their voice and wept. 
Here, brothers and sisters, God knows when we are being sincere. You can cry in your own pride, seeking for God's blessing. But a sincere prayer, a prayer from the heart, will always lead you to change. And when you cry out for God's blessing, but there is no change in your life, and the more dangerous thing there is. And people don't realize that, brothers and sisters. And they call the name of the place Voachim, that is Whipper, and they sacrifice unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. The angel of the Lord was in front of all the people, and they saw him. He was speaking to all of them. He was not just speaking to them through a prophet. He was there. They could recognize him. That was Jesus Christ among them. He had never left them. He never, he never forsaken them. He was always there. God always been among his people. God had always been among his people. Jesus said to his disciples, I will be with thee all the day of your life. He had never left you. You might think the Lord is far from you. That is not true at all. That is not true at all. If you think the Lord is far from you, the Lord Jesus is so close unto you than anyone else in your life, including your wife, including your wife. Not even your wife is so closer to you. Not even your husband is so closer to you than the Lord Jesus. Because he said, I will pour my spirit among you. The Holy Spirit is a person of Jesus, and he dwells in you. And the day you receive Jesus as your personal Savior, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of God for the day of salvation. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Praise your Lord. He has not left you alone. He told his disciples, hallelujah, that he was not going to leave them, but he would ask the Father, for another counselor, someone else to counsel him, although it was him himself in brothers and sisters. And it's good for me to go, or the counselor will not come. Praise the Lord. So he gave himself to his disciples. Shalom, brother. He gave himself to his disciples completely in body and in spirit. He gave himself on the cross in body power of the Holy Spirit and Spirit and now dwells in you and I. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and I. It is the same Spirit that is going to lift us up from the earth in the day of the righteous <coughs> and transform us also in the day of the righteous. He will not leave you ever. He will not forsake you. Yes, there will be angels coming down the day of the righteous, bringing people home. But the work of the Holy Spirit will never stop in the bride of Christ. No, because Jesus said he will be with us forever. He is in us forever. Brothers and sisters, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is among us. So why are we so unfaithful to him? Why are we grieving his Holy Spirit that is in us? Hallelujah. Because the way we behave, the way we behave is how we do it. And if you don't believe me, 
I'm going to go into the Word. Psalm 95.10 says, 40 years long, I will grieve with their generation. And they said, hallelujah, and said it as a people that earned in their heart, and they had not known my way. They had not known Jesus. And to them I swore in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. He swore. He swore. He had a covenant with them. He never forgot his covenant with his people. Never. Thank you, Jesus. However, God never break his promises. But he was so unhappy with it. In Psalm 78, verse 1 through 22, Give ears, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the word of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will earn a dark saying of old, which you have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come and praise the Lord in his strength and his wonderful work as he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed the Lord in Israel, which he had commanded our father that they should make them known unto the children, that the generation to come may, not, may know them, even the children who should be born, who shall arise and declare unto them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandment. And so might not be as the father, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart upright, and whose spirit was not stiffed up with God, the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bull, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God, refused to walk in his law. They forget his work and his wonder, and had not shown them. Marvelous thing he did in the sight of their father, in the land of Egypt, and the field of Sohan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the water to stand up heat. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He cleaved on the rock in the wilderness, and gave them drink out of the great depths. He brought stream out of, also out of the rock, and caused the water to run down like a river. They say yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. They tend to God in their heart by, by asking for me for their loss. In other words, they were not asking God out of their heart. They were not seeking for God to free up to be the provider. They were tempting with it to see what God was going to provide when they asked. Because that's how a lot of people also pray today. They pray that God will give this to them now. They don't want to wait until God gives it to them when God thinks it's right, when God thinks it's perfect in his perfect time. But they, when they pray and ask, they ask in vanity and lust of their flesh, and God is tempting God. Is your prayer tempting God? Are you reverencing God through your prayer, or are you asking God, offending God, grieving his spirit in the way you ask with pride, doubt, and unbelief? You need to be careful tonight. This is the word I was given to share tonight on the Lord's hour. 
to share with you, to be careful how you pray, how you speak, and how you talk. Be very careful in your way of the Lord, how you walk in the way of the Lord, because you might be praying wrong, and your prayer might be provoking God, instead of God hearing your prayer and being pleased about it. Jesus Christ being the Son of God, when he prayed, he prayed with reverence. Brothers and sisters, the Word of God teaches us that Jesus humbled himself less than the angel. And when he prayed, he prayed with reverence. Are you praying with reverence, or are you praying like the children of Israel, provoking God with your prayer? That's what they did. They asked for their own loss, their own evil desire, and they turned to God. And God said, Thou shalt not turn to the Lord. Thy God. Why? When Satan turned to Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights, he turned to him with bread because he saw that the Lord was hungry. But Jesus looked at him in his evil eyes and told him, Thou, you, should not turn to the Lord, your God. He told Satan because he created all. He created the heaven and the earth and everything in it was created through Jesus Christ. You should not tend the Lord thy God, Satan. So when people provoke the Lord thy God, they act in an evil way. That's how the children of Israel behave, in an evil way, in a satanic way, in a fallen demonic way. It is the way they provoke God. The same way Satan tends to Jesus, tends to God, it was the same way they asked, for whatever they wanted. They said, let's see whether it's a God or not. That was not the prayer. That, that's not how they should have began their prayer before God. God have mercy. The Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. They tend to God in their heart by asking for me for their lust. They were not asking for me because they were hungry. They were asking for me because it, it, it pleased their flesh that they will have more and more and more and more and more. It pleased their flesh. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Have mercy, O oh God. Yea, they spoke against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? We know that God can do all. God can do anything. Of course God could have done it. But you see the way they ask? Do you see the way they pray? Oh, can God furnish? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Let's see if God is real. Let's see if God can do this. They were tempting the Lord with a prayer. How are you praying tonight? I may ask. How are you praying? Brothers and sisters, you don't need to tell me how you're praying. Thank you, Lord. But if this is the way you're praying, be careful. Verse 19. Behold, he smacked the rock that the water got out, and the stream overflow, can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh to all the people? Look how they pray. They got answer their prayer and pride. Yes, he did. He did answer their prayer. You see that someone can be wrong and still can get a prayer to answer, but would that help them to get to heaven? Can that help them to be raptured? No. There are a lot of people in hell who got most of all the prayers answered, but did not help them to get to heaven. 
absolutely not. This is what get a lot of crazy confused, a lot of people confused. Before he smacked the rock and the water gushed out, he gave them all the water they asked for. Let's see, is this rock going to give water? Boom, Moses hit the rock in anger. He was he got angry because of the way they behaved. And water gushed out, so much water like a stream, a stream that overflowed. Other translations are like a river, like a river. And he gave us also bread. Let's see if he gave us bread. Yes, he brought bread from heaven, the bread of angels. He took the bread of angels and gave it to them, brothers and sisters. But God did not do this in joy or happiness. He did this in anger. God did this in anger. God answered the prayer in anger. That's what God did. He was so displeased with these people. They grieved his spirit, brothers and sisters, and he gave it to them in anger. But then God says something that it could help you understand God's way tonight. They will not enter my rest. They will not come to heaven. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Yea, they spoke against God. They say, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Therefore, the Lord heard this and was wrath. He was angry. The Lord heard this and was angry. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also arose against Israel. Because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Uh, we're talking about the prayer they did, but now is being changed to us to salvation. They did not believe in Jesus. They did not believe in Jesus. Are you believing in Jesus today? It is the Lord your Messiah. It is he your God. It is he your Lord. It is he your Savior. Thank you, Lord. Because he interceded for you day and night before the Father. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, the Lord heard this in his wrath. So his fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger was also rose up against Israel. So angry he was with them for the way they behaved. They did not believe in the Lord Messiah. They did not believe in Jesus and his salvation, Jesus Christ. They did not believe in Jesus. Praise the Lord's salvation. They did not believe in, in, in the Lord, in God's Messiah. And Father was not happy. Father God was not happy. If you don't believe in Jesus, you are going, if you don't have the Son, just to be more clear in the teaching of our Lord and Rabbi, our Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't have the Son, if you don't have Jesus, you know how to Father neither. That is very clear in Yeshua's message, teaching. Thank you, Lord. Because they believe not in God and trust not in his salvation, salvation, Messiah. In Hebrew, when you look it up in Hebrew, it's Messiah, salvation. Thank you, Lord. They did not believe in his Messiah. They did not believe in Yeshua. Praise you, Lord. They did not believe in Yeshua. Thank you, Lord. But because they don't believe in Jesus, there is no way you can come to the Father except to the Son. They cannot come to his rest. They cannot come to heaven. God cannot take us to heaven. Did not God write your Elijah? Did he not take Elijah to heaven and Enoch? Of course he did. Right before them. Thank you, Lord. Oh, right after them, Elijah, and before them, Enoch. They had no excuse. They heard about a righteous, about the righteous of Enoch. Thank you, Lord. So they have no excuse. They have no excuse. Thank you, Lord. They heard what the Messiah did, the salvation of God, Jesus Christ did. Thank you, Lord. 
in the past. So they already had the knowledge about him. They knew who the angel of the Lord was, who was among them. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. But it's a matter of choice. Number 1422. Because all those men who have seen my glory in my miracle, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, I have, they have ten to me now, these ten times, they have not hearkened to my voice. This is what they did when they, when they tempted the Lord. And they didn't hearken to his words. They were not paying attention. They were not listening. Listen careful. Listen careful. We need to be slow to speak. Hallelujah. But we need to be fast to hear him, brothers and sisters. We need to hear. Be slow to speak. And it's better to hear according to the word of God. It's better for you and I to hear. That's how, that, this is not how these people were. They were fast in speaking. Spoke whatever came to their mind. The devil fooled them with nonsense in their mind, and they speak it out, and they tend to God. This is why we need to be careful what we say, what we speak, what we think, what comes out of our mouth, because we will sin. We will thank God. We will thank the Lord our God. And the Bible says, don't. God should not thank the Lord our God. Don't tempt them. There are consequences of those that tempt them. We see the consequence in the, in the children of Israel in the wilderness. They tempt God, and there was consequence upon their life. They did not enter the promise. They died in the wilderness. Death came upon them. Thank you, Lord. We need to be reverence to the Lord. Jesus was referenced in his prayer with supplication and fear. That's how Jesus behaved before God. And he was God, and he is God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Deuteronomy 6, 16. Ye should not tend the Lord thy God as ye tend to him in Master. Says Moses to them. Don't do it. Don't do it. Moses said to them, don't do it. Psalm 106, 14 to 45. But lost it eternally in the wilderness, intended God in the desert. He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Leanness into the soul. They also had the Moses in the camp, and Aaron and the saints of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up their hands and covered the company of Iran. All these people. That, this, that came out of ages when they had to know them and listened to the nonsense and foolishness of they had perished with him. They perished with him. So hallelujah. When, you, when we are a follower and not a Christ, we, we can be misled, brothers and sisters. It's so easy. Verse 18. A fire was kindled on the company and the flame burned up the wicked. They turned so wicked. Their way was so wicked that they turned how their way was. Everything they spoke, they became. Hallelujah. Life is in the tongue, brothers and sisters. They spoke and they became, they became that. Verse 19. They made a covering horror and worship in molten image. Now they changed in, in, in their glory into the similar of an ox eating grass. Hallelujah. Isn't that exactly what the Lord has shown us? that people are going to change in the tribulation as a, as a beast, as an animal? Well, look it up in the Old Testament there. These people change exactly like them. Well, people will also be changed in the tribulation like animal, like beast, like werewolf. Werewolf. Hallelujah. Like an ox that eat grass. It doesn't mean they're going to eat grass the same. No. These want to eat meat. They want to eat other people, bite other people. It's what they want to eat. Verse 21, 
They forgot God their Savior, who have done great things in ages. Now, if you read this in the, in the original, again, what does it say? They forgot God their Messiah, who have done great things in ages. They forgot the Son of God. They forgot their God, their Savior, their Messiah, who have done great things in ages. Thank you, Lord. Was it not was not the angel of the Lord that appealed to Moses in a burning bush? Moses was not him the angel of the Lord? The Bible says, "It was him always among them." Hallelujah! It is him always among us, brothers and sisters. It has been him. It has been Jesus. That's why Paul, when he went to preach to the churches all around the earth, around the nation, around Asia. What did he say? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Imagine the eyes of the people. What did he mean? What did he mean? Did he mean Messiah? Messiah. Salvation. Our Savior is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We just need to believe in the salvation of God, Jesus Christ. He has given us his salvation, his son, his only begotten son. Verse of the wondrous work in the land of him, fearsome thing by the sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them. Hannah Moses had chosen to stop before him in the breach, to turn away his wrath, let he choose, destroy them. Yea, they despise the pleasant land. They believe not in his word. Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus the word of God? That's what the Bible teaches us. That Jesus Christ is the word, the living word. Well, they did not believe in his Messiah, the living word. That was the whole struggle, 40 years, going around in circles, going around lust. How many more years will people spend, hallelujah, backsliding, going around in circles without going, repenting to Jesus, without repenting to the Lord? Oh, God, have mercy. These people spent 40 years going around in circle. Because if you look one, you, you have not found your way. You can only find your way when you enter the fire, the fire of the Messiah. He will cleanse his error with fire, the Bible says. You have to get into his fire, the Holy Spirit of God. You have to get into the Messiah, Jesus' fire. And the person where he is, he dwells within the fire. They're not the, the three Hebrew young men. Hallelujah. When the king went to see, if the fire had consumed them, there was one like the son of, of, of the gods walking among them in the fire. All three of them were still. The one walking among them was the Messiah. He walked among the fire. Get into the fire, and you'll get into the Jesus. You get into the Messiah, and he'll change your life. That's why he doesn't want you lukewarm. Because in being looked one, you spent so many years going around like the children of Israel in the wilderness. Forty years, and they could not find the Messiah. They could not find the Messiah. The Messiah was right there. Hallelujah. Right there close to them. A lot of people wondering, where is Jesus today? A lot of people, where is the Lord? Where is God? And he's so close to them. They, they don't get into the fire. They, they want to live a life of lukewarm. 
a life of lukewarm that think it's okay. I'm fine the way I am, they say. I pray whatever, they say. They fast whatever. They read the Bible whatever. They don't remember the last time they opened up the Bible. They don't stay in union. They don't stay in communion. How God called them to be. Hallelujah. They don't get into the fire. The lukewarm. They don't. They don't repent every day. Why? And when we say we need to repent every day, they get offended. Why do you need to repent so much? Thank you, Lord. Shalom, there, Sister Gravish. Hallelujah. Why do we need to repent so much? Why do we need to repent? They get offended. Then we talk about repentance, they get offended. Thank you, Lord. Because sin to them is what they call sin, not what God calls sin. Sin supposed to be what God calls sin, what God calls evil. Thank you, Lord. That's why God gave the, the people the law, so they would know what sin was. When he gave them the Ten Commandments, in the, in the beginning of the Ten Commandments, when he gave them the law, the commandment, they began to know what sin was. So a lot of people don't read the Bible, so they don't know exactly what sin is. They just consider it sin. They consider it sin. And sin and sin. And they think it's fine with God because they're already saved. So they provoke him to anger with the invasion of the plague, provoking, him, provoking it upon them. Thank you, Lord. They stood in Peneha and executed judgment, and so the they plague was stayed. Hallelujah. They will be punished by God. They serve their idol, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrifice their son and the daughter unto the devil. They thought they were simply sacrificing their sons and daughter unto the idol they have made of gold and silver and stone and wood. Wooden idol. The Bible says that it was being sacrificed unto the devil. That's what those idols of the nations are. Demon. Demon is what they are. Hallelujah. Brothers and brothers and sisters in India. Teach your, teach your people the truth. All those gods of India are devils, are demons. And not saying that for all those people who listen to us. Buddha and all the gods of China are devils. That demon is the truth. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I gotta teach you the truth. Thank you, Lord. It's what God has given us that will set us free. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 38, his word. And shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idol of Canaan, and the land which were polluted with blood. So all these demons, they sacrifice their sons and daughters. And don't go too far. This is being done today in America. Children are being sacrificed to idol in America today. There's no change in around the world. We don't need to go too far for this. This is being happening now in the United States and around the world. Children are disappearing because they're being sacrificed to idols. The same sin these people committed is still happening today. Brothers and sisters, God have mercy. God have mercy. The world they defied with their own work and went holy with their own schemes. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against these people. And so much that he abhorred his own inheritance. He was so displeased with their action, their act, our behavior before God. Some people take it for granted. It's so important. How do we behave? How do we act? How do we go about our daily life? 
God is looking at us, looking at our daily life. How do we go about? Jesus, hallelujah, gave all his life on earth. Well, he was on earth to the Father. He humbled himself with fear and trembling praise. Today you hear people praying, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, in such a way that is offending. It is offending to others. May God have mercy on us. Thank you, Lord. Many times that he delivered them, but they provoke him with their counsel and with rough law for their iniquity. Their counsel. In other words, their counsel is what they taught and what they believed. You, you cannot listen to, uh, today to Christian radio or television, Christian TV anymore because of foolishness and, and nonsense and simple teaching that is coming out of television and radio today is offending. I get offended when I, the Lord let me know how much it offend him if I watch it, if I listen to it because of the things they do, the things they think is right, is wrong. Many times, that he delivered them, but they provoke him with their counsel, their teaching. Their teaching was wrong. False teaching were coming out of all the pulpits. False teaching. Everywhere the word will be in share with false. And they were provoking God with it. What do you think all the false teaching around the U.S. and around the world is provoking God to anger? Father God was talking to me this morning about this. Father God was saying to me how he's going to bring a change. And all those 40 that are teaching false teaching, he himself personally is going to bring them down. He was showing me very soon. Father God is going to do this. I was starting to see the hand of Father God doing this because he's going to do this. Brothers and sisters, he is disgusting at how they're preaching the word from the pulpit, how the word is being preached on the radio and television. Father God is disgusted by them. It's provoking him to anger. Brothers and sisters, I did not have this in my, in my teaching and my planning or anything. It was this morning that it was shown to me by the Lord how Father God feels about this his teaching that is going on around America. It is against his word, his establishment of Jesus Christ, his Messiah. They are provoking him with the counsel, and he and were brought law for the iniquity, saying that some sins are okay. Homosexual sin, homosexual sin in the churches. Some homosexual, some mega churches in the U.S. have homosexual as, as, as hallelujah, as part of the ministry in the U.S. And no one can say anything about it. It's okay. We got to love them as they are, they teach. Lie, false teaching is that. And it's false teaching. When you tell them that's not a sin, that's not a. When you don't tell them it's an abomination before God, and you participate, you say it's okay, and you keep congregating yourself in the church, you are participating of their evil work. So it's interesting. It's an abomination. I. Some of the people here, some people have contacted me lately that goes to the churches, that those things are going on in the churches. Some people have talked to their pastor, the things they talk about in the Lord's Tower, and their pastor don't want to hear them. They don't want to hear it. God is disgusted with all the things that are happening. Anything goes, they think. They allow anything in the churches. Lesbian, sin, and the church is part of the ministry. Oh, no, it's okay. No, it's not okay. 
And it's against God's word, the Lord Jesus' teaching. It's against the law and it's against grace. Grace doesn't give you permission to sin whatever you want. That's not what grace is. Grace gives you the opportunity to repent when you sin, when you make a mistake. That's what grace is. It doesn't give you a license to sin and then justify yourself and say it's okay. That's what these people are doing. And Father God is disgusted by these things. And he, he showed me and told me this morning, I am bringing them down. I saw him bringing them down himself. I saw him killing them, getting them out of the way. I saw him doing this. God have mercy. Praise you, Lord. He is now pleased. He is now pleased. He is now pleased. And he can see what they're doing. He can see their evil ways. He can see the altar. The church is used for money, to make money, money, to give money to each other. Hallelujah. People give their 10%, and they have like a market in the church with the money. The money doesn't go to the poor. It goes to the rich. More to the rich, nothing to the poor. The poor gets a percent or two. When the 10% supposed to go to support the widow and the poor, no, it's not what they use it for. They give the widow and the poor 2 or 3%, sometimes less. And the poor are going hungry, and the widow have great need. Do they care? No. They keep buying themselves new, a new car every year. New house every year, and more and more and more. Private planes and all kinds of things. Just to gas one of these private planes that uses thousands upon thousands of dollars for the trip they take every day and every week. They take few, several trips in one day to different places. Nonsense, wasting the money, the 10% that people have given them, brothers and sisters. It is all about wealth and wealth and wealth. And they think God is okay with it. God himself is going to bring his wrath upon their life. God himself is going to kill them and to destroy them. Then he now destroy them that he took out of Egypt through Moses. None of the parents, mothers and fathers made it to the promised land. He killed them all. Only the generation made it to the promised land. None of the parents made it. He killed them all. And he was the one who chose them. They took Passover. Hallelujah. They shared the sacrifice, but he killed them. He had a covenant with them. He killed them. God is not playing around. I saw people think, he's not playing around. He showed me this morning. He wanted me to make sure I say this today, because this is being recorded. They can put it on YouTube and anywhere, and people can listen to it. They've been playing around with God. They've been playing around too long with fire, and they're going to get burned. They're playing around. They're playing around. Verse 44. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. When you repent, when you cry out to God, he is willing to forgive you. But it's so hard when people don't want to repent. They just want to keep doing what they're doing. Their evil ways. Uh, their evil ways. Their evil ways. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Someone was asking me, Brother Ali, how much how much do you make on the Lord's Tower? Praise the Lord. And when I share how much I make, he says, 
If you are a minister in the U.S., you should be making at least a million dollars. I don't make a quarter of that. Not even. Praise you, Lord. And he said, any minister making less is not making enough to, to keep up with the ministry. It's not enough. It's just not enough. Well, not even making that. Praise you, Lord. Because I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm serving the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Day goes by when I don't see an offering. Thank you, Lord. But I'm trusting the Lord. I'm trusting the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because he's my provider. Thank you, Jesus. But it does. Some ministry use the Lord's Hour message for here. On YouTube and many other uh, websites, they ask me for permission, though. They're making millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. They don't send the Lord's Hour $5,000 donation. Out of the million they're making from the message the Lord has given me, praise the Lord. They don't send me $10,000. They don't send me five. They don't send me not even a $1,000 donation. And they're making millions with the message, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. They think God is going to be pleased with that? God knows everything. God sees everything. Thank you, Lord. Although they ask me for permission, yes, we want to use your your program, your your, your message to put it on, on our website and all that. But they're making a lot of money. But they don't care to send a $1,000 donation to the Lord's Tower. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Brother, I thought I was making at least a million. I said, no, not even close. Praise the Lord. He sincerely felt bad for me. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God, but I do this all for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, because there are other ones making millions. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. But God told me that he's not pleased. He is not pleased. It has to be all for the Lord. Hallelujah. And if we are working for who, who are we working for? If it's all just for money, if we're working for the Lord, it has to be for his glory. It cannot be for the glory of men. Thank you, Lord. It has to be for the glory of men. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. It made some people sad. It made me sad, too. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so awesome. He's so merciful. Matthew 4, 1. There was Jesus led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You see, now these temptations don't come from, from, from daughter of a son, a daughter, a man of God, or a woman of God who is submitted to God. It comes from the flesh. It comes from the devil, these temptations. The same behavior Satan came to Jesus with. It was the same behavior the Jewish people came to Moses with in the wilderness. It was a diabolical behavior. They prayed to God to, to, hallelujah, to supply the water and the food. God did answer their prayer. But God also destroyed them afterwards because they, they were full of pride. And that's why these preachers don't realize, oh, look, we got millions. God is supplying all these millions. And millions for this private plane, mansion, and all that. God is answering the prayer, they say. But like the people in the wilderness, they got destroyed. God said, he swear, they will not enter my rest. That is sad when God says that. Father God is not going to allow them to enter his rest. He's going to destroy them. It's what he was showing me this morning in the revelation of the Lord. I said, wow, wow, God knows everything. 
Thank you, Jesus. Mark 1, 13. He was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And what were his wild ways? And the angel ministered unto him. 1 Corinthians 10, 9. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some, as some of them also tempt, and were destroyed by serpents, as Paul. Look how Paul, with his loving message, come to the church, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Look how Paul, when his loving message comes to the Corinthians. Look what he says to them. Neither let us send Christ. Why did he say don't let don't for us not to send Christ? Because they did. Those people did. They tend Christ. And were destroyed by serpents. Are some of them also tempted? They tempted God with their behavior, with their speaking, with their belief, with a prayer. They tend to God. But God swear they're not going to enter my rest. Mm-mm. They're not coming to heaven. They can stay right there on earth with the devil and be thrown in hell, be thrown in the lake of fire. That's it. God is it. God have mercy. God have mercy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 10, 10, 13. They have no temptation taking hold of you. But such as is common to men, but God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted beyond which ye are able to bear. But with the temptation will also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. The plan of God, brothers and sisters, is for you and I to make it through. For you and I to be more than overcomer in Christ Jesus. That we will make it to the end, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. That we will make it to heaven. So when a temptation comes to you and I and we cry out to God, there will be God helping us to make it through, brothers and sisters. We, can all, we will always get the help of God when we cry out to him when we have more to him. But if we hark in our heart like they did, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. God have mercy. J. 13. Let no man say when he is tempted. I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, neither tempted he any man. So these temptations don't come from God. Of course, they're not going to come from God. They come from evil. They come from the lust of the flesh. Satan is the one who does these things to make people fall as he has fallen. Brothers and sisters. But we need to be careful ourselves. We need to know what we're doing. Can't go around playing with fire thinking that you, you will not be burned. That's what these people are doing, brothers and sisters, God have mercy. No. God has not appointed us to wrath, but to salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. He wants to save us and deliver us. Galatians 6.1. Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fall, ye who are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness, Considering in thyself that thou be also tempted. Because we are in the well. Hallelujah. We're not of the well, but we are in the well. Praise the Lord. And we all go through temptation many times. Thank you, Lord. We need to consider, brothers and sisters, when someone is tempted, you don't point the finger. But you pray for that other one, your brothers and sisters that the Lord will help them in whatever they're going through. You will not judge them. You will not point fingers to them. But we will pray for them. Jesus, therefore, is the 
disciples. As when Satan asked to see Peter as we, Jesus said, Fear not, because I have prayed for thee. Peter. Peter was able to overcome his temptation, but he denied Christ three times. That was the sort of, as we, that Satan was doing in the life of Peter. When the time came when Jesus got arrested, and Peter went into a boy's jail prison, and they came to him, are you not one of him? Brothers and sisters, Peter denied Christ three times. Because Satan had asked that also Peter, who was chosen to be a pastor, to lead a sheep, be also tested. Hallelujah. To see if in the temptation of Satan, Peter would have fallen and back away. Thank you, Lord, for God gave Peter. Jesus was there for Peter and gave Peter the victory, brother and sister, in the middle of the temptation that Peter was going to. They died Christ three times. He cried out bitterly, brother. He cried bitterly. Until he really noticed what he had done. He was being weak. He was being weak, brothers and sisters. And we can be weak many times. That's why we need to pray for one another. You pray for me, I pray for you. Because we can be weak up time. We can be weak. Thank you, Lord. First Thessalonians 5, 3, 5. For that cause, when I could no longer forbid it, I tend to know your, your faith. Let by some means, the tempter might have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. See, uh, Paul fear. Paul fear. Or Paul was careful, brothers and sisters, that the brothers and sisters were not falling temptation to. Because, you know, Satan was going around them like a, like a lion looking to hold the power. Paul did not take for granted the attacks of the enemy. A lot of people do. Praise you, Lord. And, and Paul did not want them to fall in the temptation. As they will be as the faith was being tried. Hallelujah. Because the trial of a faith will produce patience. And a lot of us don't have patience. But God is working his word in us that we have patience. Because if you have no if you have no patience, you cannot wait upon the Lord or wait on the Lord. You'll be complaining. How come the rapture has not happened yet? But that'll be what's going on. That Jesus told you when the rapture is going to happen? Why has not happened yet? Come on, tell me why. You have no patience. But God can work patience in your life if you humble yourself. The, the Jewish people in the wilderness have no patience. No. Give us water now. Give us me now. Put tables in the wilderness. We want it now. And they tend to God with their behavior, with their now behavior. Be careful. Be very careful. If you have no patience, ask the Lord to give you patience. To work in patience in your life. Hebrews 2.18, for in, the, for in that himself has suffered, be intended, he is able to serve those who are intended. In other words, because Jesus also went through temptation, he can say, Father, have mercy. Because you know I went through it, Father, and it was very difficult for me. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. He knows how difficult temptation can be. So he asked for you and I. He asked for you and I for God to help us when we're going through temptation. That's why when we pray for one another, Jesus goes to the Father and says, Father, help him. Help your daughter. Help your son, please. Father says, yes, I will, my son. 
You told me how difficult it is, my son. I, I, I believe you. Let me help him. God moves by faith. Thank you, Lord. You listen, if God moves by faith, everything God does is by faith. That's why we need to be like a father who is in heaven, perfect like him. Everything father does is by faith. I believe you, my son. He said, he received him unto glory. Come, my son, sit at my right hand. And said, your enemy are defeated under thy feet. By faith. It's not done yet. Praise you, Lord. It's not done yet. That is still going around killing people. But he's going to put an end to it. He's going to put an end to it. They will be defeated. Dead is going to be defeated together with all his, uh, all her friends. They're all going into the lake of fire. The Antichrist and the full prophet. They're all going to join each other in the lake of fire that burned with fire and brimstone. They will be tormented, it says the word of God, day and night. What does that mean? Non-stop. They're going to scream and scream and not be able to hear each other day and night. Tormented day and night. Praise the Lord. It is so hard to fall into the hand of a living God. Hebrews 3, 9. When your father tempted me, provoked me, and saw my word 40 years. You see, they were lukewarm for 40 years. Lukewarm people for 40 years. In those 40 years, they never repented of their wrongdoing. They never repented of sin for those 40 years. Brothers and sisters, for those 40 years, these people were lukewarm. They never got into the fire of the Messiah Jesus. Never got into the fire. He was there. The angel of the Lord was there. All they had to do was humble themselves to the Lord, repent their sins to the Lord, say, God, forgive us. I'm a sinner. Repent their sins. And the angel of the Lord will come in there and touch them. Thank you, Jesus. And empower them. Thank you, Lord. As he was with Moses in the mount there. He ministered to Moses right there face to face. Sometimes when Jesus comes to the office, and I'm so tired sometimes, I'm out of strength. He laid his hand, his right hand on my shoulder, or his left hand on my shoulder. And I immediately feel his power going through me and receiving new strength. I feel so light. I feel like flowing in the, in the cloud. Thank you, Jesus. I love it when he does it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He came to my room last night. Lord, are you going to, are you going to reveal me something? I said, and he immediately, yes. He was right there. I said, Lord, you were there. He said, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He was right there. His presence was right there. His anointing, power. He knows I need his help. He knows that I know there's nothing I can do without him. If he doesn't help me, I'm struggling. I can hardly walk. I mean, I'm, I'm nothing without Jesus. I need his help always. I'm like a crying baby to him. So much that he has told me, stop it. Stop it, he has told me. Thank you, Lord. Because he told his disciples, John 15, 4, without me, there's nothing you can do. That's me. Lord, please, Lord, Lord. Lord, you do nothing without you, Lord. Please, Lord. I'm struggling. Sometimes I'm in prayer, struggling, struggling. When he come and touch me, that's it. My struggle stops. Right there. All my struggle stops right there. Thank you, Lord. I'm so dependent on him for everything. So dependent on Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Praise you, Lord. He is so awesome. He is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When I finished my other program, I didn't know if I have if I will have strength to 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 do this one. I said, Lord, help me, and I can feel His strength helping me to finish this program. I said, I said to my wife, I, I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna teach for an hour. That's it. No more. Because I'm so so tired. My throat hurting. Everything hurting. Thank you, Lord. They help helping my children. I need this. I need that. I'm running, helping my children in the house. Help my wife. She doesn't feel good. So I'm I'm doing everything. Folks, I'm doing the Lord's hour. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I need the Lord's strength. And here's the Lord helping me. I can feel his strength. He never fails. When you trust the Lord, hallelujah, he never fails. He never failed us. So why would we trust anything else? Why, brothers and sisters, unless we're being prideful? If we trust in anything else, because we're being prideful. And prideful have blinded us so much that we don't realize we're being prideful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord help us to humble ourselves when we need to. Every day we need to humble ourselves and realize how much we need the Lord. The Holy Spirit says we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Have not left for one day. Not one day. Praise you, Lord. Especially those, those, those of us that are doing ministry. We cannot be one day without the Holy Spirit. Cannot. We need the Lord in our life helping us every day. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes, I have no strength to come on the radio. Say, Lord, no strength. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus, because we do so much in the day that when the night comes, we're tired, but it has to be the Lord helping us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I remember when I told him that, Lord, without you, there's nothing you can do. He said yes to me, yes. I'm glad you know that, my son. He, he smiled and said, I'm glad you know that. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. It was someone else, I would have said, you, are you making fun of me? But the Lord was not making fun of me. He, he's happy that I, he, he's happy that I know I can do nothing without him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is so awesome. We said such an awesome God. Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot be, tu- cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points attempted as, as we are, yet without sin. You can now tell Jesus that whatever you're going through, he doesn't understand. Because he fully understands what you're going through. Because you cannot be going through the worst as he did. The worst suffering person on this earth cannot be suffering more than Jesus. Cannot be suffering more than Jesus. So how can you say the Lord don't understand me, God don't understand me? You cannot say those things. Because Jesus Christ suffered more than all. Imagine being thrown in jail after being beaten. The next morning, put a cross on your back while you are being beaten and slapped and spit out. Brothers and sisters, it may mark off. Praise the Lord. And then walking, being beaten with a heavy cross on your back. There is no way you can be going to work in Christ than Jesus. Hallelujah. There's no way. There's no way. And he knows that. 
he knows how much pain he went through until the point where he died to death. And you and I have not gotten to that point yet. Brothers and sisters. So why are we complaining for? That's why when the children of Israel in the wilderness were complaining, God was not happy. You know why? Because his spirit was there. His son was there. The place was full of angels. And the presence of Father was there. So if God is with you, who can come against you? Brothers and sisters. God was there with them every day and every night. By a day, Father, by the day, Father, was the cloud. By the night, he was the fire. Jesus was born among them as one of them, fighting for them in the Holy Spirit. So if they had a need, if they had a need, God knew about it and God supplied their need according to his riches and glory. All their need would be in men. So what complaint did they have? More than their loss of the flesh, their evil way, and their murmuring way. That's why God was not pleased. Because God was like, if you need anything, just ask me and I'll give it to you. With faith, with humility. But that's not the way they did it. They did it with pride, lust, and unbelief, and doubt. Seeking the, the evil way. That wasn't done in my faith. But Moses, Joshua, and Caleb, they remained humble, quiet, and they just prayed to God. And had God supplied their need like the rest of the people, but they remained quiet and humble. And God was pleased with them. They were the only three that entered the promised land. The rest, most of them not enter because he got angry and did not give God the glory. But Joshua and Caleb did enter. They did enter, and, and the children of the children of Israel entered with them. But the rest that came out, no. God said they would not enter my rest. So there's no point of God bringing them to the promised land when God said they would not enter my rest. Brothers and sisters, there was no point. There was no point of him bringing them. But destroying them was the only way. Because those same people he took out, if he did not destroy in the wilderness, what do you think happened? They wouldn't contaminate his people. There are people, Father God showed me this this morning. There are people in the pulpit in America, he showed me this morning, preaching, preaching the Bible, brothers and sisters, that it's an abomination to God in heaven. It's an abomination. And God showed me he's going to kill them like he killed the people in the wilderness. They will not escape his judgment because it's all false teaching about the teaching from the pulpit. And they are misleading his children, and God is going to kill them for that, as he said, with Nathan, and then to follow him in the wilderness. That's what Father God showed me this morning. He himself personally, he showed me, is going to kill them, as he killed the children of Israel in the wilderness. Oh, God, have mercy. Listen, please me to say this. But I must say this because it's what was shown to me this morning. Praise the Lord. Father God himself is going to do it. Father God himself is going to do it. I see that to the children of the wilderness. They did not escape their judgment. The earth opened up and swallowed them alive. They went to the bottom of hell, alive, suffering, screaming, and crying. Why? Because they will not repent. They will not repent to his son Jesus, his Messiah. 
So here's salvation. The only salvation humanity has is Jesus Christ. God have mercy. Oh, God have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, again, for we do now have a priest who cannot be in touch with our feelings and our infirmity. But what in all points attended as we are, yet without sin. Yea, they were stoned, they were son of thunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about a sheep, a sheepskin and goldskin, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Oh, God, I'm going see. Matthew, hallelujah, 26, 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. For the spirit in thee is willing, but the flesh, the flesh, Jesus, is weak. Listen careful in case you're trusting in the flesh. The flesh is weak. Do not trust into the flesh. Do not say whatever comes to your mouth or your mind. Hallelujah. Be slow to speak, Jesus said. Slow to speak. Hallelujah. Listen careful, but be slow to speak. Thank you, Lord. And when he walked at, at the place, he said unto them, Pray, Najidentena, into temptation. Again, another reminder of Jesus to them. Pray. Pray. Hallelujah. Najidentena, into temptation. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. God is good. And he love and do it forever. Father, God is bringing our change to this earth. God help us. Hallelujah. God help us to be repenting in Christ. I remember Jesus said, my, my servant, he tell them to repent. He tell them to repent. Hallelujah. And I keep telling people, repent. Repent your sin to Jesus. Repent your sin to the Lord. Do not put it up. Don't just do it on Sunday. Do it every day, as much as you can. And all, if all you do is repent, you are doing a great thing. You're doing a wonderful thing. If all you do is repent. Some people have said, oh, I do something is repent. Praise the Lord for that. Because you're being cleansed with the blood of Jesus. You're being cleansed with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the blood cleanses you and I from all unrighteousness. Brothers and sisters, so we need it. We need to be cleansed with all our righteousness more than ever. Thank you, Lord. We need the Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We need the Lord to cleanse us every day. Praise the Lord, because there's so much sin in this world, so much contamination in this world. That's why we need to repent so much. Everything contaminates us. In my own revelation from the Lord, as Jesus has revealed to me, hallelujah, in the air on this earth, there's, there's sin. In the food we eat, there is sin, contaminations of sin. The air we breathe, there's contaminations of sin. In society, where we go about every day, there's so much contaminations of pride and sin. People are so prideful for just being in America. People are so prideful just to believe in a team. People are so prideful for being Democrat or Republican. Some people have their shirt on their car. On the automobile, they say they're prideful for being a, a Republican. Other ones say they're prideful for being a Democrat. They're prideful for being American. They're so prideful for so many things. They're prideful for going to the, this university. Hallelujah. They're prideful for so much, for, for coming from, from, for living in a state. I'm, I'm, they say they're prideful for being from Texas or Indiana. 
or Canada or so many other states or from Mexico. <laughs> 